This is Creek with At The Table Podcast. Here at At The Table Podcast, our goal is to break down scripture and biblical topics to make them easy to understand and inspire a conversation that is ultimately glorifying to God. We pray that this content blesses you, challenges you, and edifies you in your faith. So have a seat at the table, and without further ado, let's get into the show. What's Good up, morning. dude? <laughs> nah. All right, I did that on purpose. I, did. I, was I didn't even have the strength to try. <laughs> What's your up, life poured out like a drink offering? Man, it's okay. You can finish. Go What's ahead. up, everybody? Man. What's going on? How's everybody doing? How are you doing, John? Dude. Uh, I feel like butter scraped over too much bread. You look like but butter, kind of. <laughs> I was going to say, you look a little bit. You look a little. That's kind of from the guy that forgot the Red Bulls in the truck. You look a little weak in the eyes. Dang. Dang. <laughs> Dang. No, you dude, do I look kind of weak in the eyes, like in that, literally. Yeah, your eyes look weak. But, you know, <laughs> I was just thinking, like, this morning, like, the audience may not know it because they don't have any, like, idea of the, the real real time, you know, recording of, of episodes, but like, I'm feeling like a pretty prolific podcaster right now. Like, you know, we're, we are banging content out, man. It's, uh, I mean, ourselves. Just, yeah, just introduction to every aspect of production we have. Creek, what do you think approximately <laughs> time in terms of seconds do you spend in editing? Um, not a lot. I'll probably spend like we we make it easy, so I really probably spent yesterday like twenty minutes. That's not bad. Well, there you go, guys. There's two pieces. We're prolific now. Yeah, I feel that way, don't you? I do. I mean, come we on. do release a lot of content that we are doing our best on, and it sounds pretty good. Nobody knows content better than me. Dude, you gotta you gotta feel it, man. I I do want to say thank you to you guys, to our audience, like the growth that we've seen, the support that we're receiving from our friends. It means it means a lot. Uh, you guys are giving us the juice, man, and it, it feels good. It feels good. This has been a dream of ours for a long time. And having launched, what has it been, three weeks ago now? About three weeks? Two weeks, something like that? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, just a little history. And we recorded, like, probably eight episodes, and some of those we recorded a couple times, did a double take because we felt like they weren't good enough. Nice. And then we went and listened to those because we weren't using our – new app anchor that we are using now shout out to anchor shout out to anchor That's that, right. that was not a paid promotion yet but you know so we pretty much recorded like probably uh, probably two months worth of episodes at least and then decided they weren't quality enough and, yeah and that's okay because we want to do good yeah. stuff we want to put out good stuff so. it's all yeah this is all about the audience that we serve but like man just just a special thank you for all the listeners who are out there and they're sharing and they're and they're liking and subscribing and, and turning on notifications it, it means a lot it helps the algorithms if you would leave ratings those ratings they bump those algos and, th- and that's what's going to get this show and the shares really help yeah 
we've we went in the search bar from whenever you like go to look for the podcast when we first launched you had to scroll a ways right <laughs> we, were, right, we were at the yeah. bottom of the barrel there right right now on uh spotify if you type our name up um at least on my phone i mean but the algorithms on my phone are set to find it this is the first thing on our search bar yeah go and in apple Podcasts, it's second so we do appreciate the love and pray that you guys are enjoying the content Man. and speaking of special thank yous before we go any further of course, that ep- that last episode, the interview with Pastor Peanut, man, y'all need to yeah. go check that out. That was touching. That. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. It was it was beautiful. It was touching. It was emotional and real. And and just to, to get to join in in the journey with what's going on in, in Uganda in Arise Orphanage and, and the building thereof and the local We yeah, there you go. I am not going to try <laughs> that. There's not going to be a time where I try that on air. <laughs> so and speaking of. You know, men that are laboring in the field. This last week, we had uh, received some information from us, for at least for, you know, for us here. It was, uh, it, it was mixed in feelings. There's a time of mourning, but of rejoicing too. Uh, yeah, brother, that's inspired um, us. In fact, the very first podcast that I've ever listened to that was introduced to me by Trey was Michael Heiser's podcast, uh, the Naked naked bible podcast and uh it's sad to see him go it really is yeah but uh, oh my gosh what he posted on his uh on his facebook you know he 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 put forward that uh you know he's been doing the content sharing and uh his audience has been doing the receiving and now that he's passed on and and he's with the lord in, in eternity he desires for us to take up that mantle to not just be receivers, but to be sharers, sharers of the word and labor in that field. So, you know, to if if you ever come across this, to Drina and you know Michael Heiser's kids, uh, you're in our thoughts and our prayers, and we love you, and we appreciate the giving that you did by lending your father and your husband to us. Um, anything that a man gives as a married man. Yeah, uh, takes away from his family and vice versa. And so you guys were very generous with his life. And because of that, we are we are blessed. And at the table podcast would not be here if he wasn't first there. That's right. You know, uh, man, I, I remember whenever he first posted his 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 uh, diagnosis, his terminal diagnosis and the words that he shared there were just they were so powerful. And I, I don't know, they've kind of become like my mission statement. It's he posted about how, you know, that and of course, like he, the understanding for if you guys haven't um, listened to any of his stuff, I, re, I just so recommend read the Unseen Realm or, or go uh, listen to a Naked Bible podcast. But all of his content's been free and he's pulled things out of the academic and the scholarly realm and he's brought it down in, into a way that a layman like me, you know, just a dumb redneck where I could understand and I could consume and, and learn theology, deep, rich theology. And um, it what a blessing! But in his in his uh, letter about his diagnosis, it was like the way that he put it. Was like, you know, that I've spent my life serving the people of God and uh, doing my best to give them what I had to give. And he said that my life has been spent in service to you. And that to me is like become my mission statement for mm-hmm. the people of God: that my life be spent in service not only to our, our Master. And Lord Jesus, but into service to his people. Yeah. I'm and at the end of it, 
Amen. That's good. Yeah, our targets on that back is what we're going to go for. But to all of the uh, Naked Bible family, too, we... Yeah, Trey all, Strickland, man. Yeah, we mourn with you, man. Gosh, what a mantle. I, I just uh, learned that they're going to at least pick someone up to finish the, the series on Samuel. And so I know that's going to be a struggle for Trey. And uh, just shout out to him and just know that our prayers are with you as you continue to work mm-hmm. and run in the race that was put for you. Yeah. Amen. So if that's enough of our little uh, prologue, I think that we better get into the episode. Yeah. Last time we were <laughs> doing the uh, Snake Crusher series, this will be, is it our fifth episode or fourth? fourth. This will be released as our fifth. I the yeah, yeah. 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 Or six, because we have the Arise Uganda one. <laughs> no, hey, this will be a Snake Crusher episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're going back into our series. So, we'll, we'll be in uh, chapter 30. Yeah, so we kind of ended um, in the last episode on the Snake Crusher series talking about the birth of, of Jacob's children through all four of his wives, right? Man. Yeah, <laughs> that was kind of a mess, and and we we kind of landed the plane forecasting that uh, that Jacob, this heel grabber, would run into some heel grabbing trouble of his own, and yeah. really just meets his match in his uncle Laban. Mm. Yeah. In verse 25 is where we're going to be picking up of, of chapter 30. It says, As soon as Rachel had born Joseph, Jacob said to Laban, Send me away that I may go to my own country and my own home. Give me my wives and my children, for I have served you, that I may go, and for you know that the service has been given to you. But Laban said to him, I have, If I have found favor in your sight, and I have learned by divination that the Lord has blessed me because of you, mm. your wages, name your wages, and I will give them to you. Jacob said, you know yourself how I have served you, and how your livestock has fared me. If you, For you had little before I came, and it has increased abundantly, and the Lord has blessed you wherever I have turned. But now, when shall I provide for my own household as well? What shall I give you? Jacob said. You should not give me anything if you do, will do this for me. I will again pasture your flock and keep it, and let me pass through all of your flock today, removing from it every speckled and spotted sheep and every black lamb. And the spotted and speckled among the goats, and they shall be my wages. So my honesty will answer for me later. When you come to look into my wages with you, every one that is not speckled and spotted among you, the goats and black among the lambs, if found with me, shall be counted stolen, Laban said. Go ahead. Man, it kind of seems like uh, maybe he's preemptively expecting to be accused of, of stealing from yeah. this guy. It, well, He's like, I mean, so there's evidence for you. And it's like, you know, it's kind of funny, Jacob, that you would prepare for that. You would mention such a thing, stealing somebody's stuff. And, and Laban, too. Laban says the same thing. But it's it's a way, of, like, so far, Jacob has increased Laban a lot. And he's trying to he's trying to make his own name. You know, he's trying to earn for himself. And <clears throat> obviously, that earning comes from the blessing of God. But we I, there's a little line in there. It says, Laban learned by divination. Yeah. But the Lord mm. blessed him because of Jacob. Kind of gives you a bad flavor about what, this guy. Yeah. That's what do you think? Good. Like, kind of explain that a little more. Like Divination? So divination would be like the process of learning information through different means, such as sorcery. Supernatural. Yeah. It's not good. Yeah. Like, it's it's some sort of, it's it's probably some sort of contact with, with the quote-unquote unseen realm that's not sanctioned by God. Yeah. It's not good. Witchcraft. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah. So Laban's kind of not looking too great. And we go through this episode where 
because Jacob has decided to take the spotted and the speckled and the black among the sheep and the goats, suddenly, by by the help of the Lord, all of the the children born to the sheep and the goats are speckled and spotted and black. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's this weird deal where God is like using. Uh, it's almost like the. It, well, I better not go there yet because that'd be a little bit of a future. But it, God is using the enemy of Jacob to prosper him. Mm. <laughs> and so Jacob or Laban gets ticked and switches it around. Yeah, it's it, funny. Sorry, just one note that uh, we remember that the Hebrew word for uh, serpent is nakash. Yeah, the Hebrew word for uh, divination here that's used in Genesis thirty verse twenty. I think that's twenty seven. Is nakash tea. Hmm. Yeah, so, not good. Yeah, not either good. way. Yeah, you just yeah. want to stay away from that word in general, really. <laughs> yeah, it if it begins to, with that, we used to practice divination or observe signs. Yeah. So it's like either either way, you try to cut it up. It does not appear to be that this dude is doing something that he's supposed to do. Yeah, and and he he keeps trying to Yakov Jacob. He keeps trying to I think we him. never explained this very well to the audience, but. Yaakov is Jacob in Hebrew. Yeah. And Yaakov means heel deceiver, heel grabber. Yeah, supplanter. Yeah. Someone, a liar. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like Esau says literally like Yaakov, pretty much Yaakov. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Right. And the, in this story, sort of the the interesting part, right, is that Jacob, you, you have him being called by his name, Jacob. Yaakov means, you know, he who grabs the heel, right? And we know from the snake crusher promise in Genesis 3, and it says that he will crush the head of the seed of the serpent, he not being Jacob, but he is in the snake crusher. And the snake will bruise his heel. Yeah. Right? Mm. So the word heel almost kind of hyperlinks you back to that moment. And then you have a, a Hebrew word used here for the way that Laban is practicing divination. That puts that, him in the seed of the serpent. That relates him to a word that sounds an awful lot like, like being a snake. <laughs> yeah. So it's like you have some snake on snake crime here going on. Man. You know? <laughs> it's like, man, it's getting rough. Yeah. And so the, he keeps switching his wages because he sees that Jacob's being prospered. And, he, and God is taking the wealth of Laban and transferring it to Jacob. Of course, as Jacob said, you had little livestock when I came. So Laban only got his wealth because of Jacob in the 14 years that he served him for a wife. And so God is using the mm. the process of birth, birthing of the livestock and the color scheme, which gets, keeps getting switched by Laban to try to, to put himself on top and to, and to grab the heel of Jacob. But God just keeps switching it up too. And he transfers the wealth of Laban to Jacob. Mm. And so we come to 31 where Jacob... He's had enough of it, and he decides that he's going to flee from Laban. It says that now Jacob heard the sons of Laban were saying that Jacob has taken all that was our father's, and from what our father, he has gained all his wealth. And Jacob saw that Laban did not regard him with favor as before. Then the Lord said to Jacob, Return to the land of your fathers, to your kindred, and I will be with you. And so Jacob sent and called Rachel and Leah into the field where his flock was and said, I see that your father does not regard me with the same favor he did before. But the God of my father has been with me. You know that I have served your father with all my strength, yet your father has cheated me and changed my wages ten times. But God did not permit him to harm me. Mm. If he said the spotted shall be your wages, then all the flock bore spotted. And if he said the striped shall be your wages, then all the flock bore striped. Thus God has taken away the livestock from your father and given it to me. 
In the breeding season of, of the flock, I lifted up my eyes and saw in a dream that the goats were mated with the flock, were striped and spotted and mottled. And the angel of the Lord, the angel of God, said to me in the dream, Jacob, and I said, Here I am. He said, Lift up your eyes. All the goats that mate with the, with the flock are striped, spotted, and mottled. For I have seen all that Laban has done to you. I am the God of Bethel, where you anointed a pillar and made a vow to me. Now arise and go from this land and return to the land of your kindred. An interesting point here, too. There's, there's a lot of ongoing debate in certain circles about the angel of, of Yahweh, the angel of God character that's mentioned in this passage here actually being you know what what we refer to as like the pre-incarnate christ sure. right also god himself and i i really feel like without doing any hebrew word studies without doing anything fancy this sort of dispels any confusion <laughs> and the angel of god said to me in a dream jacob and i said here i am right it's given down to 13 i am the god of bethel right so he just straight up says you remember back at the house of God, oh, where you seen that oh, ladder man. come down and angels ascending and descending, and I, I promised you that I would keep you? Yeah. I'm that God, yeah. right? I am yeah. the God of Bethel. He's hearkening him back to, yeah. to the... Because Jacob, up until now, Yahweh is the God of his father. Mm-hmm. Yes. He even said that now, the God of my father has kept me. And so you have this this impersonal relationship. And, and when he leaves um, his father's house and at Bethel, he has this dream of the ziggurat and the angels coming to and fro. He makes a deal with God. Yeah, He's still on the bartering phase, right? Yeah, he's, he's on the scheming phase where he says that if you will keep me and you'll clothe me and you'll feed me. And you'll, you'll return me. Yeah, you'll yeah. take me to my uncle's house and then you'll bring me back. When I come back, I will serve you and you will be my God. And God is telling him, it's time to go. It's time to go back. I remember the deal we had yeah. at Bethel. It's time to leave. He reminds him of that. Man. Since I am the God of Bethel. Says, I'm with you. You, yeah. you anointed a pillar and made a vow to me. Man. You know? so he, <laughs> he reminds Jacob of that vow. And it just shows the kindness of this God that he doesn't know much about. I mean, yeah. you know, this is really his first encounter besides what his fathers have told him. And he's showing grace and mercy when all he has done is heel grabbed the whole time. <laughs> That's what I was just thinking. It's like, and for what for what reason other than his own character, right? Yeah. Jacob hasn't done. He's like, oh, you know, your father's changed my wages these ten times. Like he's changed your wages, bro. You stole your brother's birthright, and you stole his blessing. You've he you you said that God has kept you from being harmed by Laban, but. You've harmed your brother. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like so it it is it is a testament, like Creek said, to the goodness of, of Yahweh who has appeared to him. I mean, yeah, it is, but I also think that it's not even God's character. I mean, it is in the fact that he's made a promise for, for a line, a seed line, but it's it's God's sovereignty. You could be a total wreck, but if God has his hand on you. And he's chosen you, much like Jonah and the whale. You go find your way where you need to go. You know yeah. he is going to lead you and direct you. And Jacob has done everything he can to avoid it. And the good news is, when he goes to leave, it doesn't seem that his wives give him any pushback. No, 
Because, well, I mean, it's good. they look at their father's house and say, hey, it's broke up in here. <laughs> you know, Laban's broke. <laughs> he ain't got nothing. <laughs> Let's go with Jacob. He's got everything, right? Gosh, stop. I mean, yeah. that's what she says. She said, is there any portion of our inheritance left to us at our father's house? Mm. <laughs> it's gone. Yeah, they even say, like, are we are we regarded by him? Are, are we not regarded by him as foreigners? For he has sold us and is indeed devoured our money. Gosh, man. There's more of that serpent talk. And then they say, yeah. like, all the wealth that God has taken away from our father belongs to us and to our children. Whatever God has said to you, do. Mm. Mm. Good stuff. Yeah. And it says Jacob arose and set his sons and his wives on camels. He drove away all his livestock, all his property that he had gained, the livestock and the possession that he had acquired in Padan Aram, to go to the land of Canaan to his father Isaac. Ibn had gone to Shearsheep, and Rachel stole her father's household gods. Uh-oh. Not oh, good. <laughs> yeah. We have another. This is good. Yeah. Man, and now it's not just the the uh, snaky guy, the heel grabby guy, and then the other snaky Laban guy doing snaky stuff. Now the daughter's like, "Hey, you know that God I just told you to listen to and do whatever yeah. he said two verses ago? I'm going to bring some others to accompany him, <laughs> just in case. You know, Maybe Leia, he wants company. Leia may have been weak <laughs> on the eyes, but she wasn't stealing no foreign gods. Come on, somebody, <laughs> you know what Shout I'm out saying? To Leia. We got to give her a little bit of props here. And my wife doesn't bring other guys, but she's not weak on the eyes. This brother just stealing brownie points. Out he's here. trying to, he's trying to leverage this podcast. Hey, baby, come on. Uh, and Rachel stole her, her father's household gods, and, and Jacob tricked Laban the Aramean by not telling him that he intended to flee. And he fled with all he had and arose and crossed the Euphrates and set his face toward the hill country of Gilead. And when it was told Laban on the third day that Jacob had fled, and he took his kinsmen with him, and he pursued for seven days, and followed close after him to the hill country of Gilead. But God came to Laban the Aramean in a dream by night and said, Be careful not to say anything to Jacob, nor good nor bad. Mm. Man. Wow. And Laban overtook Jacob. And now Jacob had pitched his tent in the hill country. Man, I got it right. Thank you, Jesus. Well, he did what? <laughs> he pit, pitched his tent. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh. In the hill country, and, and Laban with his kinsmen pitched tents in the hill country of Gilead. And Laban said to Jacob, What have you done? You have tricked me and driven my daughters away like captives of the sword. Why did you flee secretly and trick me? And did not tell me, so that I might have sent you away with, with murder and songs and tambourine and lyre. Why did you not permit me to kiss my sons and my daughters farewell? Now you have done foolishly. It is in my power to do you harm. <laughs> Uh-oh. So he did just talk to him. Yeah, he's probably not being very wise. And God, yeah. But he says, but the God of your father spoke to me last night, saying, be careful not to say anything to Jacob, either good or bad. And now you have gone away, because you have longed greatly to, for your father's house. But why did you steal my gods? And Jacob answered and said to Laban, because I was afraid, for I thought that you would take your daughters from me by force. Anyone with whom you find your God shall not live. In the presence of our kinsmen, point right. out that I am. <laughs> That's not good. Yeah, it says Jacob did not know that Rachel had stolen him. <laughs> it's like, clearly. If there's one thing I can tell you, stop 
making promises to God that you cannot <laughs> keep. That's a word for somebody. Man, all I guarantee you right now, I'll stop doing it, I promise. Yeah. I guarantee you right now, Rachel's sweating bullets. She heard like, finish, like, ja- Jacob's like, I tell you what, you, whoever you find that God's with is going to die. Yeah. She's, I bet she's like, Rope, rope, him over and lay his knapsack. Shoot, five. <laughs> <laughs> Taking the sibling rivalry thing to another. Oh level. man, that was that was pure. Face. Yeah, that, that was, was conjecture. None of that actually happened. So, uh, verse thirty-three says that Laban went into Jacob's tent and into Leah's tent and into the tent of the two female servants, but he did not find them. And he went out of Leah's tent and entered Rachel's. Suspense right now. Cue the opera music. Now Rachel had taken the household gods and put them in the camel's saddle and sat on them. Laban fell all about the tent, but did not find them. And she said to her father, Let my lord not be angry that I cannot rise before you, for the way of women is upon me. Come on. Very clever. Yeah, that was snaky, but clever. So he searched, but did not find the household gods. So then Jacob became angry and berated Laban. Jacob said to Laban, What is my offense and what is my sin that you have so hotly pursued me? For you have felt through all of my goods. What have you found of of your household goods? Set it here before mine kinsmen and your kinsmen, that they may decide between us two. These 20, I feel like Jacob's really fitting to get something off of his chest here. Man. His brothers wanted to say <laughs> this for a long time. <laughs> we almost need a drama, like right. a drama. I'll try, yeah. These 20 years I've been with you. Oh, I can't do it. Oh. You're using, <laughs> yeah, that would have been cool. <laughs> you're using female goats have not miscarried, and I have not eaten the rams of your flocks. What was torn by wild beasts I did not bring to you. I bore the loss of it myself. From my hand you required it, whether stolen by day or stolen by night. There I was. By day the heat consumed me, and the cold by night, and the sleep fed from my eyes. These 20 years I have been in your house. I have served you 14 years for your two daughters, six years for your flock, and you have changed my wages 10 times. If the God of my father, the God of Abraham, and the fear of Isaac, what a tough man, had not been, had not been on my side, surely now you would have sent me away empty-handed. But God saw my affliction and the labor of my hands and rebuked you last night. Man. Man. So this God that had Abraham's back when he played the role of a punk and had Isaac's back when he played the role of a punk has now held Jacob's back, though. He has not necessarily just played the role of a punk, but he's pretty well just been a punk. He really did get like a lot of a lot off his chest. And he says, like, my God is against you. Yeah. To sum up this story, like this conflict between. It's almost a sibling rivalry because it's his mother's brother versus Jacob. But they, they come to this place where they're like, wait, we're not going to do each other harm. We're going to build a, a pillar of stones and it's going to be a remembrance between you and me. But what ends up being a peace treaty ends up being a barrier. Mm. It's meant to be a peace treaty, a thing yeah. to keep to keep rivalry away. But it ends up being that neither party ever crossed the line. Yeah, they set these stones up so that they don't come across to harm one another. And that heap of witness... I, I guess for whatever reason, they just decide never to to ever cross the stones at all. So it's like another division story between two brothers yeah. that, you know, have deceived, connived, heel grabbed each other. And it's been it's been kind of rough. Well, I think that, though it could be a good thing. 
I mean, because Laban's obviously into some stuff that God ain't going to be cool with. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I think that God is separating them. Just like he, he's done before and he continues to do, he's pulling them out, drawing them out, sanctifying Abraham, leave your kinsmen, leave your country, go to the place where I'll show you, right? Over and over and over and over. You know, he sends Ishmael to the east. All these people that are going to be up to some whack stuff, he's isolating his people for yeah. his purpose to be sanctified to him. And so I think it, while it's painted and it does kind of look like, man, what a shame. I wish yeah. that they could dwell in peace together. For the sake of, of Jacob and, and what God desires to do in his story, I think it's needed. Yeah. Well, yeah. look what happens when, you know, the people of Abraham's seed mix with who they shouldn't. Yeah. And it just doesn't work. Yeah. But it does. Uh, you get like, you get like an idea. Uh, well, not an idea. You get like a relatability moment with Laban. You know, I he says something I feel like most, you know, most fathers could relate to. In verse 49, he says, the Lord watch between you and me when we are out of one another's sight. Verse 50 says, if you oppress my daughters or take wives besides them, although no one is with us, see God is witness between you and me. So you, you have this moment with Laban where it's like, it's not all crooked, not all bad, but he genuinely does care for the welfare of his children and his grandchildren. And he's like, hey, you know, especially in a, a male dominated culture. If Jacob was to decide to marry another, and then the son of that woman become the heir to the household, and then Jacob pass away, what happens to all the others, right? Yeah. And so and there's it's kind of know, funny because he's already taken wives out of his daughter. Yeah, but those were given to him by his <laughs> daughter. So, but you know, there's kind of a sweet ending to the story. Um, you know, they set up the pillar. Uh, it's, it is kind of bittersweet that they don't pass over to each other at all. But the God of Abraham, verse fifty-three. The God of Nahor, the God of their father, judge between us. So Jacob swore by the fear of his father Isaac. He offered a sacrifice in the hill country, called his kinsmen to eat bread, and they ate bread and spent the night there. And chapter 31 concludes, early in the morning Laban arose. He kissed his grandchildren and his daughters and blessed them. Then Laban, he departed and returned home in peace. This is Creek Without the Table podcast. We pray you're enjoying the show. If you are, feel free to leave us a good rating, share our podcast with a friend, and turn on post notifications so that you don't miss an episode. You can find us on Facebook, Patreon, Apple Music, Spotify, or any other streaming platform. Get comfortable and enjoy the rest of the show. So after a bunch of family drama, we now get to more family drama. <laughs> Genesis 32. Man. Man, if this was a sitcom, or not a sitcom, what do they call those? Gosh dang it. Uh, Soap opera? Yes, 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 yes. I mean, it, that's generally what it is. It's just, a, I ain't even lying. It's, it's just, just a, a bunch of one. family drama. It's just a true one. <laughs> Man, but the heading of, of this next segment Kind of brings a little bit of like, uh oh, Jacob fears Esau. Man. Well, you've got every reason to. Yeah. Right? Well, what was it the last time that he saw Esau? What did Esau say? Esau, Esau. He, he Pretty Esau much, I'm going to kill you next time. Yeah. The last time he saw Esau, <laughs> his, his, his mom was like, uh, hey, uh, we need to get you out of here. <laughs> yeah, because he said, when the day of my father's mourning is over, I'm killing him. 
dude, not to mention, it's like, I'm going to send you away to my brother. He's a good guy. He'll take care of you. No. <laughs> it's like, I was, <laughs> I was that yeah. last 20 years gone, Bobo. <laughs> You've been. Maybe it is the weirdo. Uh, so, verse 1 in Genesis 32, as Hebrew, as, uh, as Creek said, more, more family drama. Jacob went on his way, and the angels of God met him. And when Jacob saw them, he said, this is God's camp. So he called the name of that place Mahanaim. Then Jacob sent messengers before him to Esau, his brother, in the land of Seir, in the country of Edom, instructing them, Thus you will say to my lord Esau. Thus says your servant Jacob. You see, like, there's humility here, even though he doesn't come, like, trying to lord this uh, blessing and birthright thing that he stole over the top of him. It says, Thus says your servant Jacob. I have sojourned with Laban and stayed until now. I have oxen, donkeys, flocks, male servants and female servants. I have sent to tell my Lord in order that I may find favor in your sight. And when the messengers returned to Jacob, saying, We came to your brother Esau, and he's coming to meet you, and there are 400 men with him. Then Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed. <laughs> Man. Whoa. Yeah, <laughs> he sends a peace offering. It's like, hey, it's not. I mean, it's not really a peace offering. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much like, please don't kill shield, me. It's a bullet shield. Like, don't kill me. <laughs> he sent his women and children out in front of him. Yeah, I love, <laughs> I love his logic. Yeah, I mean, but he's like, please if he don't has kill the me. heart to cut down my wives and children, <laughs> then I'll know to run. <laughs> then he's to run. Uh, but what's, what's trippy about that is he he doesn't he doesn't say that. Like with all of the things that he has, he's like, oh, I've got children and wives. He's like, oh, I've got dachshund, you know, oxies, do oxen, donkeys, flocks, male servants, female servants. So, okay, that's uh, maybe you could mention that when you throw your kids at the front of the caravan. But Man. anyway, he says he divided the people that were with him and the flocks and herds and camels into two camps, thinking if Esau comes to the one camp and attacks it, then the camp that is left will escape. Not a bad plan. Jacob says, O God of my father and God of my father Isaac, O Lord, who said to me, return to your country and to your kindred that I may do good. I am not worthy of the least of all of the deeds of steadfast love and all the faithfulness you have shown to your servant. Man. For with only my staff, I crossed this Jordan River. And now I have become two camps. Please deliver me from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him that he may come and attack me and the mothers with the children. But you said, I will surely do you good and make your offspring as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered for multitude. So he stayed there that night. And from what he had with him, he took a present for his brother Esau, 200 female goats, 20 male goats, 200 ewes, 20 rams, 30 milking camels and their calves, 40 cows, 10 bulls, 20 female donkeys and 10 male donkeys. Pretty big gift. And these he handed over to his servants, every drove by itself. And he said to his servants, pass on ahead of me and put a space in between drove and drove. He instructed the first one, Esau, my brother, meets you and asks you, to whom do you belong? Where are you going? And those who are ahead of you, then you will say, they belong to your servant, Jacob. They are a present sent to my Lord Esau. Man, boy, that's that now it's changed, Esau. hasn't it? Yeah. Man. yeah. Oh, how the tables have turned! But you know, my lord, the Esau. way that he's doing this, though, it's still so snaky, bro. It's yeah. so manipulative. You, a lot of people read this and they think, "Oh, Jacob's so humble." I see right through that. He's yeah, like, gosh, it is not. Hard. That is it's, not humility. He's like, 
oh, your servant Jacob, um, and to my Lord Esau. It's definitely a fear base. Come on, bro. You're manipulating. That's why you're sending gifts on ahead. Come on. Yeah, you fear him. You were honest with God. And you're being real respectful right now because you know you can get clapped <laughs> if it ain't for God. Well, it's verse 20 that says that. It's like, Moreover, your servant Jacob is behind us, for he thought I may appease him with the present that goes ahead of me, and afterward I will see his face. Man. Perhaps he will accept me. So the president passed on ahead of him, and he himself stayed that night in the camp. Man. Oh, man. And then this, this next, next – oh, yeah. dude. This next it's, point in the text is so pivotal. Yeah. It says that the same night he arose and took his two wives, his two female servants, which were kind of also his wives, and his 11 children and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. And he took them and sent them across the stream and everything else that he had. And Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. And then he said, Let me go, for the day is broken. But Jacob said, I will not let you go until you bless me. And he said to him, What is your name? And he said, Jacob. And then he said, Your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with men and with God, and you have prevailed. So, come on, dude. we are all going to point. Th- we have to point this out. Oh gosh! <laughs> yeah, so no, I think you're right. He's I mean, gonna he's gonna quote some data from Tim Mack. This is all the, from uh, the, Bible the Bible Project. project. Like yeah. shout out. Yes. Yeah. What well, this is where we learn this full disclosure, but part so, of the vocabulary will come from a three year old. But yeah. yeah. So basically, when it says. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hips, or he touched the hollow of his thigh. Yeah, some some translations say that his hip socket. Hip socket. If you think about where that is, what we're saying is is the hollow of your thigh, where there is no bone, there is something else. Yeah, I think <laughs> that first. The, and he did not touch it. Yeah, he that's, punched that's it, the... struck it. <laughs> Why did you have to elevate the volume of your voice? And he did not touch it. He punched it. It, the, it translates to he struck yeah, the hall, struck his yeah the hollow of his thigh. Yeah, so he, he got struck. He the, got he got punched in the crotch. Yeah, and Dude, think about yeah the so crotch exactly. But anybody ever you ever seen uh the, or played the game Mortal Kombat? When, when Johnny, Johnny Cage, Cage. <laughs> he yeah. does the splits. <laughs> Man. That's more or less what happened. <laughs> but straight up, like he does, he does, he hits him in the hollow of his thigh so hard yeah. that it, it dislocates his hip. And the Jews don't even eat the sinew of the thigh until this day, yeah. because to to remember that. Mm-hmm. And what I think that the the purpose behind it, as funny as it is, and it is funny, I man, when you can get punched in the crotch by God. That's funny. And he must love you a lot if he's like, you won't listen. Maybe it'd be more proper to say the groin area. Groin. There you go. That's a little more academic. Yeah. Yeah. So he gets punched in the groin. But I think that the point of this is, is, (laughs) to my point earlier, like you come up in here making your own blessing, making your own way, scheming, manipulating. And even now you're trying to go to Esau with your heart full of scheming and manipulating. And you're done. We're not doing that anymore. You're not going to be a Yaakov anymore. You don't get to do that anymore. From here on out, you're going to do things my way. Mm. Yeah. 
there's in his name that he's been given <laughs> this blessing that comes from God, right? Yes. Yeah. So what is your name? He's like, heel grabber. Then he said, your name will no longer be called heel grabber, but wrestles with God. Yeah. Like, is right. Can you imagine hearing that for the first time, right? For you have striven with God and with men have prevailed. And then Jacob asked him, please tell me your name. But he said, why is it that you ask my name? And there he blessed him. And Jacob called the name of that place Peniel, which means the face of God. For I have seen God face to face, and yet my life has been delivered. Then the sun rose upon him as he passed Penuel, limping because of his hip. Therefore, to this day, as Trey pointed out, people of Israel do not eat the sinew of the thigh that is in the hip socket, because he touched the socket of Jacob's hip on the sinew of the thigh. So you have this moment where Jacob, on, on the eve of him meeting his brother, whom he has connived, and is expecting to come at him with hostility, yeah. has first prayed to God before he wrestled with what he probably didn't know at first was God, yeah. saying, hey, um, please deliver me from my brother. I know I don't deserve anything from you at all. Yeah. And he starts wrestling with God, times. right? And then, you know, he says, let me go. He's like... I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. Right. It's like, <laughs> <I'm nervous, dude. laughs> don't you think that you've got enough of that? You know, but he's, he, he doesn't deny him. Right. He says, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, your name will no longer be called Jacob. We have striven with God and men and uh, you've prevailed. Right. He's like, you've, you've connived, connived. You've, you've fought with God and with men. Yeah. And I, there's, there's a piece though, that, pun intended, I believe that God is is throughout the course of Jacob's life trying to teach him a peace and a trust in that steadfast love. Hey, I told you, I'll keep my word, right? Yeah. Don't don't connive this dude, that dude, or anybody in between. Yeah, you don't you, know? you don't have you don't have to wrestle, yeah. right? You can trust. But I think that man in Jacob's benefit, and I know that he's done everything wrong and backwards his whole life. But I think that what elevates him in the eyes of God over Esau is Esau despised the blessing and the birthright. And even though Jacob got it the wrong way, he wanted it, right? He knew that it was a thing to be had. Well, Esau didn't despise the birthright. He just didn't get a chance to get it. <laughs> well, but he well did. no, the blessing, sorry. Yeah, yeah, the blessing. But his birthright, yeah. he definitely did. He didn't get a chance to love it because <laughs> it was stolen from him. And so the, that's, I think, that, honestly, though, that's what elevates Jacob above Esau is that even though he gets it the wrong way, mm -hmm. he knows it's important to have. And it's worth whatever I have to do to get it. So after this this wrestling point with, with God, the blessing that he gets from God is a new name that will then become a name that will so ironically encapsulate his descendants' encounters with God as well, yeah. right? As, as God attempts to, I won't spoil it too much, Genesis 33. So Jacob lifts up his eyes and looked, and behold, Esau's coming, and 400 men with him. So he divided the children among Leah and Rachel and two female servants. He put the servants with their children in front. <laughs> Gosh, dang. Leah with her children and Rachel and Joseph last of all. He himself went on before them, bowing himself to the ground seven times until he came near his brother. But Esau ran to meet him and embraced him and fell on his neck 
and kissed him, and they wept. And when Esau lifted up his eyes and saw the women and children, he said, Who are these with you? Jacob said, The children whom God has graciously given your servant. So there's like a moment here with all of this stuff. Um, God, where Esau gets to see like a micro version of the blessing like in action, right? These like a multitude of descendants. Jacob's bringing a gang of kids with him, <laughs> right? He yeah. brings a gang of wives with him. He's got a gang of livestock with him. He even offers to give Esau from. And so he asks who they are. And Jacob's like, they're my kids. They bow down. He's the trying to return do. Leah likewise and her children, they come near and they bow down. And Joseph and Rachel bow down too. And then Esau says, he's like, man, what do you mean by all of this company that met me back there? What's with all of this, the gifts and the servants and stuff, all of that? And Jacob answered, to find favor in your sight. Hmm. But Esau said, I've got enough, my brother. Keep what you have for yourself. This is a moment for me. I've been waiting for this moment for Esau for a, for a long time, right? Because he's married Canaanite chicks and, you yeah. know, Hittites and, you know, then, you know, the daughter of uh, his, his uncle Ishmael, you know, there's been been a lot of things for Esau that have characterized him in a, in a very bad light. Foolish light. And then when Jacob goes to, in a sense, in a sense, return some of the blessing that has come from the blessing yeah. and birthright that he has stolen from his brother, Esau says, I don't even need that, man. I've got enough. Dude, I think that it's part of like Esau has realized even what Isaac maybe didn't like that God's good enough to bless two brothers, right? Mm -hmm. Jacob's been gone off doing his own thing with Laban, but Esau has still prospered because he's still the son of Isaac. And I, yeah. He says, I have enough. Dude, I love and when you we're gonna yeah. come to it, and I, I pray to God we don't read it because it's so long, it's drawn out. But like when you read the, the list of his descendants, dude was prolific too. He's got a lot, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's uh it's a beautiful moment here. You know, he says, I've got enough. And Jacob in verse 10 says, no, please. If I have found favor in your sight, then accept this, my present from my hand. Yeah. For I have seen your face, which is like seeing the face of God. Wow. And you have accepted me. Please accept my blessing that is brought to you because God has dealt graciously with me. And because I have enough. Thus, he urged him and he took it. And Esau said, let us journey on our way. And I will go ahead of you. Wow. He's even like, hey, uh, I, and I, I'm paraphrasing here. You know, he's like, you ain't been here in a while. We'll take off and I'll go in front. Right. So these 400 men that he has with him, they're riding at the front of the pack. It's pretty, pretty gracious gesture. And Jacob's like, yeah, you see that my children are frail and I'm nursing flocks and <laughs> herds and they're care to me. If they are driven hard for one day, all of the flocks will die. Let my Lord pass on ahead of his servant, and I will lead on slowly at the pace of the livestock that are ahead of me and at the pace of the children until I come to my Lord and see her. So Esau said, let me leave with you some of the people who are with me. But he said, what need is there? Let me find favor in the sight of my Lord. So Esau returns on his way to Seir, but Jacob journeyed to Succoth and built a house for himself and made booths for his livestock. Therefore, the name of that place is called Sukkoth, which means booths. Jacob came safely to the city of Shechem, which is in the land of Canaan, on his way to Pen on his way from Padan Aram. 
encamp before the city. And from the sons of Hamor, Shechem's father, he bought for a hundred pieces of money a piece of land and pitched his tent. He erected an altar there and called it El Elohi Israel, which means God, the God of Israel. So there's, you know, he builds an altar and stuff. So it kind of puts a pretty bow on, on the end of this chapter. But it's kind of sad. Like, you know, Esau was like really peaceful and really loving, ready for unity. And they're like, I'll come to you and see her. And you never come. Yeah. I, we know that Canaan is where you're supposed to be, right? Yeah. But that doesn't mean that you can't go say hello. Yeah. yeah. You know, so I, there's like, I although agree. there's like a, a unity point, you get this flavor too. You know, like you said, although it kind of tugs at your heartstring. Yeah. God is separating two peoples. Yeah. Right. And even though both can be blessed with enough, there is one that's chosen above the other. Yeah. There is one that's favored above He's the elected. other. He's elected. Yeah. We go into to verse or chapter thirty-four. This is intense, man. So uh, as we read, Jacob only has uh, family drama. Family drama. <laughs> yeah. As we read, Jacob only has one daughter that we that we ever hear about. So <laughs> her name is Dinah. And now Dinah, the daughter of Leah, whom she had borne to Jacob, went out to see the women of the land. And when Shechem, the son of Hamor the Hivite, and the prince of the land saw her, he took her. And he laid with her, and he humiliated her. And his soul was drawn to Dinah, the daughter of Jacob. And he loved the young woman and spoke tenderly to her. So Shechem spoke to his father, Hamor, saying, Get me this girl for my wife. So here we go. In the land of Canaan, we have a prince already who sees with his eyes that something is good, and he takes. Hmm. And it says that he humiliates her. But in this humiliation, he falls in love with her. And he tells his dad, hey, I'd like to marry this girl. Go and, you know, work it out. Do what you got to do. And Hamer, the father of Shechem, went to Jacob to speak with him. And the sons of Jacob had come into the field as soon as they heard of it. And the men were indignant and very angry because of the thing that had been done. An outrageous thing in Israel by living, <laughs> by lying with Jacob's daughter. For such a thing must not be done. Mm. Like, man, rightly, pretty rightly so angry, I think. You know, if I was in their position, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be too happy either. Yeah. But Hamor spoke with them, saying, The soul of my son Shechem longs for your daughter. Please give her to him to be his wife. Make marriages with us. Give us your daughters and take our daughters for yourselves, and you will dwell with us, and the land will be open to you. Dwell and trade in it and get property in it. Shechem also said to her father and to her brothers, Let me find favor in your eyes, and whatever you say to me, I will give. Ask me for a great bride price. And as a gift, and, I, and you will, and I will give whatever you say to me. Only give me the young woman to, to be my wife. So he's come to him, and he's like, basically, anything that you want, I'm willing to give. Mm -hmm. But there's a little key part of this verse where it says that, and the Canaanite said, give us your daughters, and we'll give you our daughters. Yeah. And they're trying to. They're trying to intermarry with them. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know. We, we don't read really how Jacob feels about that, but. The have sons you, of Jacob, they ain't feeling it. And have you noticed the interchange? How we're bouncing back and forth between Jacob and Israel? Yeah. Yeah. Dinah, the daughter of Jacob, livestock in the field. So Jacob held his peace. Jacob's daughter. But said because such they thing had, is not done in Israel. Yeah, an outrageous thing is done in Israel. Yeah. So Lyon. now Israel is not used to just describe Jacob, but it's everyone. His family. The and family I, of Jacob. 
And what's what's interesting is on from the micro to the macro comparison, it's the sons of Israel are they're angry because someone has taken and seized a, a daughter of, of Israel, right? And on the the macro version of that, on a bigger scale, the nation of Israel will there'll be many rivals that come to try to seize them and yeah. humiliate them. So long story short, because I really want to get to, to the next chapter where we'll end, but long story short in this thing, the, the, the sons of Jacob, much like their father, Jacob, have a little bit of a hill grabbing in them. Simeon and Levi, to be specific, man. And so they tell They're with the, the, the people of Shechem, they say, hey, straight up, you want to marry her? Fine. But you have to join us in our circumcision, in our covenant with God, in the sign of the circumcision. So he's basically telling them, like, hey, you want to go through that? Every man in your city, every fighting man in your city is going to have to be circumcised. Mm -hmm. And so he's like, hey, anything. I told you anything. We'll do it. So all of these great, these grown men in this city circumcise themselves. It says on the third day when they're sore and they're weak, they walk through the entire city and they murder everyone. That's nuts. That's wild. <laughs> Don't mess with the daughters of Jacob. Gangsta. <laughs> I mean, these boys Gangsta. will ride on them. But that, but I mean. And then Jacob gets angry with them. He does. He's yes. like, dude, you're going to, you're attracting a lot of undue attention from the people in this land to me. But his sons are like, bro, how are they going to treat our, our sister, sister like a prostitute? prostitute? <laughs> hey, I'm more with them than I yeah. am them. I'm just saying. Like, let's, let's be real. Our flesh is like, yo, we're not going to let that ride. Uh-uh. But God uses that to to keep Jacob separate. Yeah. You're not going to intermarry with the Canaanites. Yeah. It's not going to happen. You're going to be separate. Mm. In chapter 35, we read where God blesses and renames Jacob again. And God said to Jacob, go up to Bethel and dwell there. So we're going back to that place. Make an altar there to God who appeared to you when you fled from your brother Esau. Mm. And so Jacob said to his household and all were with him, put away the foreign gods that are among you. Purify yourselves and change your garments. Let us arise and go to Bethel so that I may make there an altar to God who answers me in the day of my distress. And he has been with me wherever I have gone. And so they gave to Jacob all the foreign gods that they had and the rings that were in their ears. And Jacob hid them underneath the terebinth tree that was near Shechem. And as they journeyed, a terror from God fell upon the cities that were around them. So they did not pursue the sons of Jacob. And Jacob came to Luz, that is Bethel, which is in the land of Canaan. And he and all the people with him were there. And they built an altar and called the place El Bethel, because there God had revealed himself to him when he fled from his brother. And Deborah, Rebekah's nurse, died, and she was buried under an oak below Bethel. And so he called the place Alon Bakoth. I, I want to... I want to stop there for just a second and just focus in on that because it's so beautiful because here we have Jacob finally acknowledging all that God has done. Mm -hmm. He said that he is the God who has heard me in the day of my distress. And he has been all the days of my life. He's been with me wherever I have gone. We have this recognition. It's this moment of beautiful, like accountability. And like this guy who is literally heel grabbed all of his life says, Hey, God has kept me and how beautiful is it that we see God's character in that. And, you know, I know that's not, this is not the purpose of this podcast, but just a little bit of, you know, self-application, like, you know, God has kept us. God has kept Yaakov all of this time. That's right. No matter what. Yeah. 
And to finish this episode, God appeared to Jacob again when he came from Padan Aram and blessed him. And God said to him, Your name is Jacob no longer. No longer shall your name be called Jacob, but Israel shall be your name. And so he called his name Israel. And God said to him, I am God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. A nation and a company of nations shall come from you, and kings shall come from your own body. That's the first mention right there of a king. He said, kings shall come from your own body. And the land that I gave to Abraham and to Isaac, I will give to you, and I will give the land after after you to your offspring. And then God went up from him in that place where he had spoken with him, and Jacob set up a pillar. He poured a drink offering on it in oil, and he called the name of that place where God had spoken with him, Bethel. And actually... You know, it says, and king shall come from your body. That's the same word. That's loin. That's like the same place where he got punched. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah. I mean, God is telling him that, like, you know, I mean, I'm going to, it's the same, it's the Edenic blessing, right? It's the Abrahamic blessing. I'm going to make, you're my guy. You, you've been a, you've messed up a lot. You've done a lot of wrong things. I've changed your name. You're no longer a deceiver. Now you're mine. And I'm going to bring from you a great lineage. And so at right here, we have this. This exclusion of Jacob as far as being the snake crusher, because it's out of your body that I'm going to bring the kings. It's, out, you know, it's for your descendants that I'm going to give this land. Mm. I love, uh, I think there's a piece that plays into our snake crushing mosaic here towards the end of Genesis 35 in 16. It says they journeyed from Bethel when they were still at a distance from Epithra. Rachel went into labor and she had hard labor. Yeah. When her labor was at its hardest, the midwife said to her, do not fear, for you have another son. And as her soul was departing, for she was dying, she called his name Ben-Oni. And in Hebrew, this means son of my sorrow. But his father called him Ben-Hamin, or Benjamin, son of my right hand. So Rachel died and was buried on the way to Epithra. And he sets up a pillar over her tomb. And But there's something here that, like, this favored one, Rachel, has two sons. The first one is Joseph, whose name means, yeah. for the Lord has taken away my affliction by adding to me a son. Yeah. Her second son, whom she dies in giving labor, uh, giving birth to and labor, is named by her, Benoni, son of my sorrow. But Jacob names the boy son of my right hand. So you have like, the two sons of this favored woman from Jacob, not the one necessarily that's favored by God, but the one that's favored by Jacob has two sons. Yeah. And the meaning of those names and Benjamin's being changed to son of my right hand from son of my sorrow. I feel the forecast for us that perhaps our snake crusher will, will be a man of sorrow. Yeah. But it's a almost a little, right hand. all of her sons, like Joseph, his name is, I've called him Joseph for, for God has taken my reproach by giving me a son. Mm-hmm. And so it's like from a son, but, but then that son is a son of sorrow, but yeah. then it's changed to the son of my right hand. That's going to, man, that is some powerful imagery. Man, and the uh, end of Genesis is a 35, kind of gets a little sour and then better. While Israel lived in that land in verse 22, his son goes and sleeps with his concubine, Bilhah, which was given to him as a wife by his wife because she couldn't have any kids. And Israel heard of it. And this story stops there. Yeah. Right. But it says the sons of Jacob were 12. 
The sons of Leah are Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, and Zebulun. The sons of Rachel, Joseph, and Benjamin. The sons of Bilhah, Rachel's servant, Dan, and Naphtali. The sons of Zilpah, Leah's servant, Gad, and Asher. These are the sons of Jacob that were born to him in Padanaram. And the chapter wraps up with, it says, Jacob come to, comes to his father at Mamre. And that's the place where kind of this whole thing started. Yeah. And Jacob, and it says that Jacob and Esau are there and Isaac dies. Hmm. I think that's all we had today. Yeah. That's, I think that's pretty well it. All right. Well, yeah. from us at the table podcast, Godspeed. Yeah. That's pretty well it. We'll pick up with the sons next. Maybe they'll be the snake crusher. All right. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week. God bless you. Thank you for listening to another episode of At The Table Podcast. We hope you've been blessed by the content of the show. If you enjoyed, subscribe and give us a like on Facebook. If you want to support the podcast, go to our Patreon, At The Table Podcast. Until next time, thank you and God bless.